Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye. Like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Warwardo, joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, it's been a while, but not that long. Good to talk to you again. How have things been? I'm, I'm almost close to proclaiming you being a liar, and I will never be part of an organization that you're a part of again. That's where I'm at with this. I'm not sure. What are we talking about? Oh, I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm not feeling super well. Like, put this out there on Front Street. I've been, I was really, really sick yesterday. I'm sick today. I uh, haven't been sleeping. My, we got, I didn't even tell you this part. We got a, you know, we got a new puppy a couple of weeks ago. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we're used to him getting up a couple of times a night, have to go to the bathroom. Add on to that. Our other dog is super sick. All of a sudden had to go to urgent care today. And he was getting up basically every hour during the night. So in addition to being sick, I'm also a little bit sleep deprived. So that. I'm just going to go ahead and say explains away any uh, any weird stuff that I say on this episode. It's kind of like that Simpsons episode where they have, uh, I think it's Lucy Lawless on, and she's talking about like fans asking questions about Xena Warrior Princess. <laughs> and she, her response is like, whenever a fan's talking to her and something uh, something happens that doesn't make sense in the episode, she's just like, a wizard did it. So the wizard did it is uh, my version of that is being sleep deprived and sick this episode. Sorry, continue. I was just referencing the crumbling of the Philadelphia 76ers as an organization. Oh, fun. Fun yeah. fun topic to start off. Uh, well, uh, we, we, we can gloss right over it. It doesn't matter. The, the, no, the... It's, it's, it's relevant news, man. It's relevant news for anyone who's not aware of what Greg's talking to. I don't imagine how that would be the case if you're listening to the show. But uh, James Harden has taken a real strong stance against the Philadelphia 76ers and uh, President Daryl Morey over the last handful of days. Talking in China, by the way, a very interesting place to make the comments that he made, given Morey's history with China, that Daryl Morey is a liar and he will never again be part of an organization that Daryl Morey is part of. Once again, I want to say that, as James Harden did. Daryl Morey is a liar. Uh, it sounds pretty accurate. The guy's yeah, a, no, he's not wrong. The, the guy's a shyster. He's never won or accomplished anything as an NBA executive. And it's just trash. It's just trash. Like, I wanted to be positive when the signing initially happened of Daryl Morey. I know you yeah. were very excited. Everyone was excited. All we did was rebuild old, an old Rockets team and put our trust in an aging veteran who's not not capable of, of carrying or even assisting a team in making a deep playoff run, which is all this fan base actually wants. Make the NBA finals. Make the conference finals. And you may get a little bit of sympathy or a little bit of like, well, we at least did better. And then, and then, oh, the biggest baby in the history of the world, Joel Embiid with Stop the Twitter it. thing. Stop the, the, it. The, not the biggest, certainly not it, the biggest baby. It's not it's, even like these... He's like the third biggest baby in the story of people we've talked about so far. You're not wrong there. So maybe it is a little bit of an exaggeration. But the the the, the fact of the matter is, is like, 
Dude, you should have asked out years ago if if this was your problem Why? with an What's inept wrong with organization. Loyalty? What's wrong with loyalty? The guy, look, I It's clearly not how the NBA works anymore. <laughs> that that is definitely true. I myself, as you know, have been a little bit frustrated with all of this nonsense today. I would say a big part of it has to do with the fact that there's just enough stress in my normal life Correct. that I don't need this from the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't need to import more stress from uh, a, a place I go to relax and unwind with that is basketball. But I don't, I don't think he's necessarily wrong. It's just, I think the situation is frustrating. The guy wants to win. He would prefer to win in Philadelphia. Play well he, in the playoffs. That's very clear. Yeah. Joel Embiid has not been the problem. Has uh-huh. he, he hasn't been as dominant in the playoffs as he's been in the regular season, but Joel Embiid has not been the problem. We're, I, I think we're, we're a little bit spoiled when we talk about like, oh yeah, no, Joe, Joe's the issue. He hasn't been his full dominant self in the playoffs, but he's still been very good. He still carried this team to, well, offensively, when other people just don't show up, be it Tobias Harris, be it the the now pass first point guard that we're talking about, wanting out from China, like so Harden in the like in four of the biggest games of this guy's tenure: Game Five against Miami, Game Six against Miami, Game Six against Boston, Game Seven against Boston. He averages eleven point eight points and four point five turnovers in forty one minutes a game. These are infinitely replaceable numbers. Now, obviously, you're going to say, or maybe you don't even care to argue, that he had a couple of Herculean performances that put the Sixers in a position to play in those games, and that isn't unfair. But he just he hasn't shown up in these kinds of late series games that matter. Wasn't he the guy on the bench for the Houston Rockets during their unbelievable comeback in that playoff game? It's funny how that happens, he, right? He he doesn't show up in big games. And you are correct. You have to give him credit for at least the few games where he, he put on a show. But when it's a seven, six or seven game series, one good game isn't good enough. It's, it's just not. And then you bring in the added drama of all this, all this stuff. Like, I'm so sick and tired. This is the reason, one of the big reasons I didn't want to get into the, the James Harden business as a Sixers fan. And I, you know me, I love to criticize Joel Embiid because, and well, I just else. think that he gets un, undeserved praise in some situations. Um, I really do think we're going to look back at this and be like, wow, that was the best player to ever play for this organization. And perhaps we, and uh, we should have been a little bit easier on him. Are you, you're telling me people aren't easy on him? I think he gets a lot of. I think he's been getting progressively more and more crap every year. He hasn't and made I, it look, out of the not, second round of the playoffs. Yeah, but it basketball, only does basketball, basketball is accolades. A, basketball is a team sport, especially in this modern day NBA where you have to have multiple superstars in order to compete. And I and don't, he doesn't I, fit that. So individual is cool. I hundred percent disagree with that. For the record, he, Joel Joel is not like he's not Patrick Ewing. He's not Rick Smith. He's not somebody like that. He's not a. He's not Shaq. Honestly, Shaq would be a problem in a modern day NBA where all you care about is is spacing the floor. He can space the floor. He can create for himself. Now, offensively, I think he's been allowed to get a little bit lazy, especially 
with James Harden on the roster. James Harden is a guy, I believe he was second in the NBA this year in terms of dribbles per, uh, per possession and in terms of uh, amount of time that he has the ball during any given 24-second uh, shot clock. I believe he's second in both of those only to Luka Doncic. Now, obviously, Luka is on a, an entirely different level than James Harden, but it did get frustrating for all of the great things that James Harden did and his, his ability to deliver the basketball in positions for guys to score the ball is outstanding. His, the metamorphosis from being the most lethal scorer in the NBA to one of the best passers is impressive. But he also, for every easy, every easy shot that he creates for a teammate, he puts a teammate in a bad possession where he dribbles for 22 seconds and then kicks the ball out to somebody who has to shoot in the last, you know, half of a second. Yes. And not to mention the fact that there's there's all of the problems that an Allen Iverson offense had without the dynamicism. Dynamic dynamic wow. I gotcha. I know what yeah. you mean. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's dynamicism. dynamicism. I don't know. I'm like I said, a wizard did it. But <laughs> Uh, without the <laughs> just go with dynamic nature of Allen Iverson scoring, like Harden is a guy, especially in the last couple of years, who it's harder and harder, no pun intended, for him to get to the basket on his own. It relies on a series of dribble moves and combos to get to the basket. He does put people in bad positions. He does create what is an, a really stagnant offense. Watching the Sixers play has been boring. And it's been boring. It's been boring ever since the first like three James Harden games. The first three games, I challenge anybody to go back and watch them, were really an interesting look of what the team could have been because Harden wasn't really playing hero anything. He was just kind of trying to fit in. He, the ball was moving. Everybody, everybody was moving the basketball. Joel, James, and the rest. And all of a sudden, we've we've gone to being this team that is so wildly ISO heavy that it, it's infuriating to watch. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I, th- I feel like it's, I think, I think not only the style of play has been unbelievably annoying and boring. There's also the um, lack of success that makes it even worse. Cause it, there's a level of sort of apathy towards like, well, uh, yeah, I'll watch, here and there in the regular season and or watch most of the games and playoff time here comes crunch time and we're out like that's yeah. that it, it's not fun to sit and watch a regular season when you pretty much know the outcome is going to be two rounds at most and you're lucky if there's any real competitive anything right and, and then it, it just was, the way the season ended this year with just sure. an absolute no show in a game seven uh and a no show in a game six at home when you had a chance to win a series for once in the second round. So that game seven, uh, James Harden, nine points, six rebounds, five turnovers, shot 27% from the field. Big time, uh, big time show up game I, from, from Mr. Harden there. I would, it, I would have taken Ben Simmons zero points uh, in the fourth quarter of a game seven over that. Well, look, you can count on zero from Ben, in the fourth. <laughs> but uh, Hey, I'm hearing he's totally healthy and he's going to be great this year. Listen, good. I hope so. I, I hope he so. He is talented and he's fun to watch. And I, I mean, I can never root for him because he's just such a d bag. But he he really is like 
that's it's an interesting case of what should have been because if this is a guy who's effectively not the Tin Man goes go to the Wizard get a heart and you have LeBron James, you you would have thought, buddy, you would have thought, and instead we we it, we we end up here uh, throughout all the years of of uh, well the years where people pretended like losing was cool. Um, we're now here and we're in the exact same place that to quote the great Matt Crone, mm-hmm. Andre Iguodala led a team exactly this far, as far as Joel Embiid led a team, as far as and Joel he Embiid played better team Harden basketball team. and a hell of a lot harder. And it was so much more fun to watch. It felt like, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy that the voice of reason in Philadelphia has quickly become Pat Beverly. Uh, yeah, that's it's insanity. <laughs> like, how much do you love this guy when he's on your team? Like, I just, uh, you have to. I, I love this guy, and it, it's it's such a bummer because I want this team to be good. I just it it seems like there's fewer and fewer pathways to get there, and uh, yeah. Okay, let's let's play a quick game. What are the odds that James Harden? And I don't want overreaction from you here. What are the odds that James Harden is on the, the roster when the season begins? Uh, I'd say because of the way they handled the Ben Simmons situation and how stubborn Maury is because he thinks yeah. he's always right in every situation, it's probably somewhere in the neighborhood of like 45%. Okay. What are the odds he's on the team after the trade deadline? I would think that's almost like 15%. I, I have a hard time. I think your 45 is probably right. I have a hard time believing that that number isn't zero, that second number. <laughs> I was what try, are, trying to what give the, the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Well, it, so the other aspect of this is the new CBA does really punish people for holding out. There's not a lot of incentive for Harden to hold out because, quite frankly, if he holds out for more than 30 days, one <laughs> – there's all these, like, uh, I forget who it was on ESPN today. That was Jason McIntyre. Maybe not ESPN, but it was Jason McIntyre. And he was saying, oh, you know, James Harden should go and play in China. Well, here's the thing. Can't do that. The Sixers can stop him from playing for any other team. So that's over. Thank you, new CBA. And, uh, yeah, the, the flip side of that is that while his contract won't necessarily toll if he does... Uh, hold out for an extended period of time, which it doesn't seem like he wants to do. It seems like he just wants to, I believe Ramona Shelburne said, uh, make things as uncomfortable as possible for the team to make sure that he can't be there. Uh, if If he does do that, the Sixers' only move to be punitive is to bring him back next year and destroy their cap situation next summer. So it doesn't really make sense from that perspective either. Yeah, it's a real rocket, a hard place situation. A, a rocket, a hard place. That's a, yeah, exactly. That's perfect. The it issue wasn't. is, is it was I, it was forced. But thank <laughs> you for saying that. I love. I, I just like the NBA is always the situation where guys just try to force themselves into one team in one situation. Yeah. Like, what prevents them from trading him anywhere else other than the Clippers? Like, well, he did. He did say, and I thought it was a good point that uh, that somebody made that he did say the only place he wasn't playing was a place where Daryl Morey was the general manager. He he did not say it's it's the Clippers or bust in that little diatribe that he went on in China. He's just like, I will not play in Philadelphia. And he learned from the Dame Lillard situation. Well, I don't know if he necessarily yeah. learned or not, or if it's just <laughs> he didn't go out and explicitly say that. But 
who knows, man? Um, following up what we were doing, you know, PJ Tucker came out today and was uh, very much in support of James Harden and, J- and PJ Tucker weird Instagram post last week where I, I don't know if I, I have it, but he basically came out and said, one day you wake up and realize you're part of the problem. A, a bizarrely self-aware comment from, from PJ, who unquestionably was part of the problem. <laughs> so he, he appears to be tying himself a little bit to Harden. What do you think the odds are that PJ Tucker is a Philadelphia 76er at past the trade deadline? Past the trade deadline, it's probably like 10%. I feel like this is a we're moving everybody situation. I hope so, man. Um, By the way, way, looking at the Joel Embiid's playoff scoring averages right now, lowest he's ever averaged is 20.2 points. That was 18-19. Other other seasons, 21-4, 23-6, 23-7, 28-1-30. Stats are great. If they don't result in, result in wins, I don't care. What do you think the odds are, and this is the big one, that Joel Embiid is a Philadelphia 76er at the trade deadline? I think it's probably closer to 80 or 90%. I don't know how if I don't know I don't know how Maury would stay in his role if Embiid ended up elsewhere. So Well, and how how pissed off would Nick Nurse be? Oh, he'd be furious. <laughs> furious. I'd be furious if I was Nick Nurse. I don't even really like Joel Embiid, and I'd be furious. Because no matter what I say or how much I'd like to judge, he at least gives you the ability to compete. He, there, There is that. But it's yeah. still his – the frustration with the lack of success – really hurts and the way that again it kind of really culminates in how this season ended and it felt like "Eh, yeah you will get him next time you know (laughs) like that's that that's just always how it how it is with with this organization and this team someone i can't remember who it was whether it was one of the philly sports blogs or somewhere else that said like the sixers are quickly making the flyers look like a competent organization and it's Mm -hmm. true it's nuts it's it's nuts out like like in it it feels like they're just so not in control of anything that's going on uh on a daily basis in that organization well it feels like a statistical anomaly that every one of the team's big swings just goes badly i mean you go this organization and i mean we're talking about probably the past the all of these in the last 15 years like they pick evan turner at number two he's a bust they make the big trade for andrew bynum plays zero seconds 76er they they uh go all in on nerlands he turns out to be a bust they go all in on okafor he turns out to be a bust markel they trade up to the number one pick he has this mysterious shoulder injury they get Jimmy Butler, and he wants to be traded because of incompetence in the organization. Another number one pick who was playing well for them, Ben Simmons, forgets how to play basketball, doesn't like the team anymore, and demands out. And now you go get James Harden, and he wants out. It, 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 it seems uh, systemic. It, it seems like it's much more of an organization problem than an individual problem. Like, it's people aren't paying attention to what goes on and it's it's concerning as a Sixers fan you yeah. know 
I know. I just, I know. I'm just, I just, it's just like you said. It's added drama into life that's already filled with drama. When in reality, I just want to be able to turn on a game and and I watch know. them play and win, or I'm, you know, at least fight hard. Not in the 15 minute drive home in the third quarter of a game seven, go from down like 10 at halftime to down 30 going into the fourth quarter. Like yeah. that, that's that's all I ask. All I ask is competitiveness. I'm I not know. mad at the Eagles for losing the Super Bowl last year because, God damn it, they tried. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, and talk about maybe Joel or James not showing up. Jalen Hurts had arguably the greatest performance of any quarterback in Super Bowl history. Exactly. Like, I can't be mad at the Phillies for losing the World Series because they played their goddamn asses off. Shouldn't have been there in the first place. You played I, their asses off until the World Series. Ah, come on. The, the two of their win, the two wins they had, they were all over it. Getting shut out and then, uh, you know, or getting whatever, the, the fake no-hitter thing, where the yeah. combined no-hitter, um, getting that done to them, that's, yeah, that's weak sauce. But other than that, I don't know what else. To, like, they, they they went way further than I think anyone expected with the roster they had configured. So that That is definitely true. But once you get to that last game, there are expectations that go along with it. Oh, yes. That last series, I guess. Um. Yeah, dude, there there is enough stress in my normal life. I don't need this. I don't need my phone telling me that uh, the team that I love is is falling apart is uh, is just a nightmare organization. I don't need it. I got enough. I got let, enough. Let just me chill. let me stress about game one, like twenty five of the Phillies season versus what uh, basketball doesn't start for another several weeks or months. Yeah. The Eagles haven't even started yet, and I'm already I've already given up on the Sixers season. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about football. We did have we had an Eagles preseason game, which we'll touch on in a little bit. But there there are a couple of interesting news stories. One, it seems like the Colts are content to tank. Announced today that uh, Anthony Richardson will be their starting quarterback this year. The number four overall pick, a surprise number four pick, will be the starter for new head coach Shane Steichen. I don't hate it. I find out what you got. Like, I understand that he was potentially a project regardless of where he went and what his position was going to be. But, uh, you know, like it's, it's different because he's, it's not like he's going there to sit behind someone who is a legend. You know what I mean? Uh, Gardner Minshew. Exactly. But it's not like he's going, he's not like he's going somewhere to do that. He's going somewhere that, has really no direction. You sent me the list earlier of yeah. opening day starters for the Colts since Peyton Manning left, and it's like eight consecutive years and new starting quarterback. Yeah, like it's insanity in terms of that. So I'm I I I, I don't hate it. Um, it's it's tough because it's not one of the like he was the guy that people think may they may have reached on, etc. But I'd rather find out see what happens and, and go from there. Let, let a little growing pains and whatnot uh, go on. So 2016 to 23 Colts, uh, eight consecutive new starting quarterbacks ties the 07 or pardon me, the two, the 2000 to 07 Washington Redskins with eight, the 97 to 04 Bengals, the 66 to 73 Denver Broncos only team that has ever had more consecutive different starting quarterbacks uh, the 1998 to 2006 Chicago Bears with nine. Wow, that's incredible. None of those teams 
won the Super Bowl. I can't believe it. I'm stunned. Uh, well, a couple. The gone. Bears had to have gone to a Super Bowl during that stretch. Yeah, they definitely what. did because uh, the year they played the Colts and it was 2007. 2007. Well, yeah. 2006 is when the the streak ended, Gregory. Ah, uh, I think it's 2009. Sorry, yeah, 2006. So Rex Grossman, baby. Sexy Rexy. <laughs> A couple of uh, running backs have new homes as well. Dalvin Cook, a New York Jet, Ezekiel Elliott, a New England Patriot. How do you like those fits? I think the Cook one's the more the the more interesting one because I, I I just feel like you don't know where Brees Hall is going to be in terms of his his injury. I mean, I know they activated him today, but yeah, that like, room is loaded. Yeah, there's there's a lot of talent there, and if you want to talk three headed monster, you could certainly put a really good case together for it. Um, the Zeke one, like I know Bill Belichick likes to mix it up a lot when it comes to running back, but I was pretty confident they were going to rely heavily on Ramondre Stevenson this year, uh, especially, you know, Harris walked. He's with Buffalo now, and mm-hmm. they don't really have much else behind that. So it'll be interesting to see how they use Zeke um, and what Zeke even has left in terms of, you know, uh, contributing. Do you think there, there were promises regularly. made for him to sign on the dotted line? Because I have a hard time believing he's joining that team if there aren't at least an expectation that he's going to get a decent amount of touches. I mean, I think there has to be a little bit, but especially because of how incentive-laden that contract seems to be. Yeah. It's like uh, up to $6 million, depending on the incentives and stuff like that. So I'd have to think at least a little bit there uh, – they, they had to be like, yeah, we're actually going to play you. Don't worry. For sure. For sure. Uh, $3 million base salary, $1 million signing bonus up to six. You're right with incentives. And uh, they're right now saying he is the the 1A option, as you said, to Ramondre uh, Stevenson. So a lot can change, but we shall see. It, Dude, uh, I'm... I'm so gassed up for football, though. We had our, I'll be honest, we had our first fantasy football, or my first fantasy football draft of the season over the weekend. Early. Okay. Uh, Yeah, well, the issue is we we like to do it live, and when you have 10 people all over the place, and and by all over the place, I mean basically just the Philadelphia area, except for one guy who didn't come and lives in in, uh, the D.C. area. Um, Jackass. Yeah. we Was it Barack? it was not. It was not Barry. Not he. He auto drafted this year. Um, Weak. <laughs> but uh, so we had it early, which is always scary because there's still training cramp and preseason and all that fun stuff. Right. But I will tell you, the I had one. I had one goal to get accomplished during this, and it was to grab one of the two rookie QBs, one or two, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. That was my Why? only goal. Why was grab them goal? just late? to potentially keep them as a long-term keeper if they okay. turn into anything. It was my only goal. All right. We got to round 13. It was like, ah, it, everybody seems to not be really milling around that area. I'm going to take, just get Jake Elliott out of the way. I'll grab a kicker and just know that I have somebody who's going to score. I have two picks in between me and the next pick. I'll be fine. Or th- maybe three picks in between me and my next pick. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Then I'll grab Bryce Young. No, Bryce Young and Stroud went the next two picks. Boom, boom, and I, my mood was immediately changed. Now I hate. I just I'm out. I, no, I, no, Will Levis for you. I, 
I don't. Yeah, I I considered it, but no. I uh I I think I think my entire attitude has been down since that that moment Sunday afternoon. Um, sorry that happened to you, buddy. It's just this is how things work, bud. It's just how things work. This is but. it'll te- it'll teach you. Don't wait to take a mediocre long term investment until the thirteenth round. <laughs> exactly, you're 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 damn right, Chris. But I will say, just doing that all the preseason games. I am. I'm ready for the NFL to return, and just like that, it's all of a sudden going to be like week eight, and we're going to be oh, counting sure. down towards the end of the season. But like when did when did we get to week fifteen? This doesn't make sense. No, yeah, and like I didn't really catch any of the Eagles preseason game because I was at the Phillies game that evening. Um, you didn't I'll miss catch much. A, yeah, uh, I'll catch a little bit of this week's probably, and then. Next week I'm away, so I don't know. Uh, I probably won't be. I don't think. I don't think the local New Hampshire stations are going to be carrying it. So preseason football is funny. Well, you have YouTube TV. There's no reason. You yeah, can't I'll watch be it. able to snag it probably. Um, yeah, preseason football is interesting because you get incredibly excited for football to be back, and that lasts maybe a half of one quarter. I do it every year. I and fall like, for it is, every this year. Is, this is insufferable. I can't watch. I, I don't. I didn't watch. I think the majority of the second half of the Eagles game because I was just not having a great day in general, but just had no interest in watching it. I, dude, I, I'll tell you what. I fall for it with everything when it comes to the preseason football. The Hall of Fame game. I fall for that. Yeah. Uh, once the Eagles hey, game sucker. starts, and I get to hear. Uh, that's always the same play-by-play guy, and I can't think of his name now. He did. He briefly had a stint as part of the Phillies. Scott Graham, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's his name. He was part of the Phillies broadcast back in the day for a very brief time. Yeah, but he, he he does the Eagles preseason every year, and now it's it used to be Mayock, and now it's Ross Tucker. Yeah, you got my boy RT. Yeah, which is great. I enjoy him, which is fine. But as soon as I hear the call, I'm like, all right, let's go. Those we're in the booth. The Eagles are back. And then the game starts, and it's like, all right, well, this will just be on in the background. I'm not really going to pay attention. Yeah, my what I'm interested in is just every so often <laughs> sending Ross a text about a dumb thing that would that happened in the game or was said or something along those lines, <laughs> or just like, dude, just cut out the Kenny G shit. We get it. <laughs> we get the joke. We get it. <laughs> Oh man, my guy, give it a break. I, I, I mean, listen, I, preseason football—that's what's what it's here for, Chris. It's there to get your hopes up, and then completely—it's well, here to give—it's here to give Ross something to do before he does every other college football game. Yeah, exactly season. right. <laughs> that man works. I will give him that. That man, he works. He's definitely around. There's no doubt about that. The other NFL thing I wanted to hit on, what do you make of this Michael Orr story? I don't really know. I don't know what is true, what isn't true, what's like I like I don't think I've ever actually seen the movie. Which You've is not Blindside? No, should, I get I realize who I'm I'm talking to. It shouldn't be surprising. Like no, I get it's the not. I get the I get the idea of what happened. Like I understand that. I I know the story, but I don't think I've ever watched Sandy Bullock put on a performance of her lifetime. It's um, a good movie. Yeah, I've, I've, listen. Everybody who I know who's seen it says it's good. I 
I, I think it's a very, like, it, it seems like something weird potentially happened financially, yeah. but I don't know enough about that side of it to be like, yep, for sure, either way, you know? Well, as you would imagine, both uh, both parties are suggesting that the other is lying. Yes, of course. Well, I mean, anytime you get to, uh, you know, this level where where lawsuits are being thrown out, it's it's almost a no doubter that uh, everyone's going to accuse everyone else of lying. The attorney for the, I believe it's pronounced Tuies, cl- say that Ower's claims were quote outlandish, and said the idea that the family ever sought to profit off of Mr. Ower is uh, Mr. Ower is not only offensive; it's transparently ridiculous. I do think that there is an argument to be made that like they, when they had like, obviously things are played up in the movie, but they certainly could not have made this decision to bring him into their family knowing like, Oh, this is a surefire NFL first round pick. They, that just isn't a thing. Yeah. I, I agree. I don't think, I don't think you could do the, the, one in like a billion chance that that's the case. Like it, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like that. It's an all a guarantee when you do something like that. Oh, wow. Uh, I don't know if I'm reading this correctly, but I believe I am in his court petition or asks for the judge to terminate the conservatorship granted to the two in August, 2004. And also uh, a full accounting of the money the two earned using or name. They still have a they this suggests to me they still have a conservatorship over him. That's what it so so that is what it said. Now I heard um the son of them talking about it, and he said that he that like I, I or is 37 years old, by the way. Yeah, he said that he talked to his dad about it. His dad was like, I would end that like right now if they wanted to, in terms of the conservatorship. Now, who knows? You know, again. You're getting the story from the family that's being the defendant you know, sued. Exactly. So who knows? But like, I don't know how that because when I hear the word conservatorship, all I think about is Free the Britney. Britney Spears situation. Exactly. Was that the same type of deal from Ower? or in this case, like where I, I can't imagine they were collecting NFL money. Of and, and what don't we know about that? What, what don't we know about our situation or yeah. situation? So I think there needs to be more details fleshed out on this before you can say yes or no on, yeah. on who's right and, and who's wrong. But it, it definitely feels like, like something, something weird. Yeah. Especially because of the, I think, they said like the actual lawsuit or whatever that he filed is for like, like a couple hundred thousand dollars. Like it's not for, it's not for like, Hey man, you owe me like $17 million in movie profits. Well, I assume, I assume that part of that, the wanting the, the financials opened up would allow for a civil suit. Yeah. Yeah, probably. No, that not probably. Definitely. It definitely would. If there's something nefarious that went on. Yeah. And we don't know if there was or wasn't, but it's, it is a weird story to come out on, you know, the, uh, the middle of the NFL preseason. Oh, and the day that his new book came out, which is, Oh, I didn't know that. 
Yeah, like Lower has a book that came out the same day this came out. So you I don't, don't think know. you don't think that was intentional, do you? No, I would never. <laughs> I would never say that. Apparently, um, not doing a very good job since I didn't even know that he had a book out. Yeah, yeah, that's a. It's just, it's just interesting timing. I don't know. I, I fit. Listen, if 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 it is true and they and they took advantage, that's awful for sure. Uh, by pre- like pretending that hey, you're a part of our family. And in reality, now we just made a bunch of money off you and we'll go from there. And then if it's not true, it's like, well, these people are going to get dragged like it is true regardless. For because sure. Because that's the way the world works. So, like, it's it's just, it's just, it's a tough situation on both sides. And I feel bad for kind of everybody involved, unless they completely screwed them out of a ton of money. Then yeah, I was going to say, yeah. tough to, uh, tough to hit your, your, your trail of that wagon if that is the case there. Yeah, if they, if like I said, if they, if they took uh, if they took complete advantage and ended up significantly profiting off of all of this, then it's just like you're just awful people. Like that's you know what I mean. For sure. Hey, did you see that there is a uh, a Jason Kelsey documentary coming out September twelfth on Amazon Prime? Yeah, dude, I'm very interested to to watch this. It feels like. As a guy who never watched the Amazon All Access Birds one from the year they won oh, the Super Bowl, that was so good, dude. Um, it was heartbreaking when, at the end when Josh McCown was crying in the tunnel. Yeah, as someone who never watched that, uh, I will definitely watch this. I don't know why I make the distinction there, but I just think it's very interesting. And Kelsey's one of those like beloved Philadelphia figures, yeah. you know. Yeah. It, that's. It, to to get to see the entire season through his eyes and through that experience all the way up through the Super Bowl, et cetera, it'll be very interesting. Well, let me ask you this, because my first thought when I learned that they were following him last year, do you think he thought that was his last season? Yes. Not just like, oh, you know, it's another year in the league. Yeah, it, it very much felt like... Uh, they were wrapping it up. This was his goodbye. Yeah, yeah. And, and now, uh, yeah. now he's back. So, did, did he, you watch the mini doc they made of the making of the Christmas album? No, no. Oh, dude, find it, watch it. It's like it's short. It's like six minutes long or something. And I made, a, I watched it, and then I watched it again. Then I went upstairs and watched, made Alex watch it. It is, <laughs> it's hilarious. It's, it's heartwarming. It is. You'll love. You just will absolutely fall in love even more so with with Kelsey and Mylotta and Lane Johnson and all those guys. It is awesome. I'm down with that. I'll definitely check it out. Everybody should check it out and uh, send me a dollar on Cash App for I don't know what this. Um, no, don't. I don't want money. But well, I've now I feel like everybody has everybody asks for money on Cash App now. When did that become a thing? I don't know. I. I can't keep track of anything, let alone Cash App. I don't even think I have Cash App. No, it doesn't. I'm okay. I'm not okay. I'm getting off of this immediately. Would but I would. I did send you a request for three hundred dollars on Venmo, and I would like you to fill that. Oh wow! <laughs> Good luck. Good luck having that. It's for the fantasy league that you don't know you're playing in. Ah yes, yes. I'll let you know what. Let me sign right up for it. You've signed um, up. I signed you up. You auto drafted. Team's not very good, but I still expect that entry fee. Listen, I get it. I get it. I'm in. I'm 100. I honestly in. believe I could probably trick you into believing you were in a fantasy league because you just lose track of what fantasy leagues. Well, you were 
You know what's crazy is there is a league that I uh, so I I'm tr- I've tried to trim down the leagues because uh-huh. there's just there's just cut too it, many. Cut it down to single figures at some point. Uh, yeah. Well, the one the of course the one that I won last year the the commissioner who's in that quit a different league that we're in together, mm-hmm. and now I I, I asked him I said are, we, are you restarting are, like is that league coming back and he's like ah he's got to you know send out the email. That was a week a week ago, and still no email. We're oh, we're getting sure. closer to crunch time, fella. So that I, honestly, I won't be too disappointed if that one fades. Now it was a keeper league, and I yeah, uh, you know, had a couple a couple big names uh, that were significant keepers that helped me secure a couple of titles over the past few years. But if I can cut that league out, it it I'll, you know I won't be too too disappointed in terms of uh, fantasy. But yeah, there's just it's it's a lot, but I'm. I'm excited for Sundays. I'm excited for a Sunday where, you know, f- four fictional teams can ruin my entire mood. I think that's that's something I keep seeing on the internet. I think you have um, two real teams also ruin your mood. Oh, day. yeah. The Eagles and 76ers. Well, and the Phillies, I'm sure at some point, will ruin will ruin my mood. Sure. Uh, as they're currently doing. Uh, tied 1-1 with the Blue Jays. So. What, uh, what did you make of the Trey Turner thing? The whole standing ovation? If I'm Trey Turner, I know he put on a great face and was like, I got a billboard. He's like, thanks, everybody. I would be so unbelievably uncomfortable as they were all giving me a standing ovation as I was batting 236. Mm, with uh, a, a sub 300. Whip, yeah. Or sub sub 300 WP. I, I, I would be so uncomfortable and be like, guys, just, just leave me alone. Like, I'm, I'm getting, I'll figure this out at some point, maybe potentially. Um, seemed like it worked a little bit though. Kind of turned him around, uh, at least at the beginning, which was cool. Um, I mean, it's, it's like, I get the idea behind it and the intent behind it, but like, Hey, th- you guys are cheering me cause I stink. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Oh, so, you're going to do it all three days this weekend. Awesome. Every time I come up to bat 10 standing ovations because unconditional I stink. support, man. Yeah. That, listen, I, I For get the weekend. it. It's, yeah, it's great. Great. Thanks. I That's just me, though. Uh, I get uncomfortable with acknowledgement of me as a person from anyone else in the world uh, for the most part. So, yeah, no. By the way, that Kelsey documentary on September 12th, also the day Welcome to Rex from Season 2 comes back on FX. Ah, big. Did they win today? They, they did. They won 4-2. It's their first, uh, first ever win in, well, in, this year in League 2. Yeah, I saw it. I knew they they drew game one. So, uh, goddamn, best player got hurt, punctured a lung in the friendlies. Punctured a lung. Yeah, the I think it was the the Man U or Man City, whoever whoever they played, maybe Chelsea, whoever they played in that second game, um, ended up ended up going. The goalie went out for like made an aggressive play on the ball. And uh, there was contact, and Paul Mullen punctured his lung. That seems not good. No. Seems not good at all. Got to hang out at uh, Rob McElhaney's house for a while. No, hey, it could be you could be worse off. You know. One thing I got to get off my chest here, Greg, before we end the show is it's something that I never thought I would say. And I texted your brother, and I don't know that I heard back. I might have. I got a pair of shoes today. I got them out of curiosity. I love them, non-ironically. 
and I know we're not allowed to like these anymore, <laughs> but but Adidas is releasing all the Yeezys and through a series of quote Yeezy days. I got a pair of foam runners. I love them. They're amazing. Maybe the most comfortable shoe I've ever had in my life. I mean, they look so ridiculous, but they do I, I, look I, I gotta insane. Send you pictures. I, I don't yeah, know. I mean. Chris, you sent me pictures in the big red boots. I, I can't, <laughs> I I can't believe I haven't gotten a picture of these yet. Here, I'm, send, I'm sending you four pictures right now. First, I want you to... The first picture is the size of the box that it arrived in. And then you can see the, uh, the actual shoe box inside of that box. I will never understand why they came in that size box. I was very confused as to what was on my porch. I mean, why is it so big? It is taller than my table. My my uh yeah, my little end. I mean, I guess I I guess I understand it. Send it in that so people don't know it's gonna be these and try to snag them. I kind of I kind of don't hate the idea behind sending it in a package that big. Like I'm looking at them right now on my feet and on the table, and like the shoe is objectively it's ugly. It it looks like. When Alec Baldwin pulls his face back in Beetlejuice, that's what the shoe looks like from the side. I did. I was talking to Matt a couple of weeks ago or something. We were talking about foam runners. And I did say, like, I think it might be the ultimate boat shoe. Yes, no, 100%. Like, I think it might be perfect. And they're only $80. There's another easy day coming up soon. Everybody should try to get them. Use my promo code. Forward out, it'll do nothing for you. <laughs> All right, uh, but I, I had to admit it. Like I, I felt like I was a hypocrite. I've talked badly about the shoe many, many times. Listen, I'm, I'm going to admit when I'm hypocrite if, or if hypocrite. If, if they're comfortable and you like them, I don't know what to tell I you. I love them. Yeah, I really love them. You going to be wearing them around the neighborhood? I don't know. I because I, I I still feel like you kind of can't wear them. To be fair, for the most part, I think 90% of people don't even know who makes them. It's probably fair. 90% of non-online people have zero idea. Because I'll be honest, I barely knew they were Yeezys. Like, I know, but I don't know, if that makes sense. And I'm a relatively online guy. What is, first of all, I don't think this is true, because... no one would refer to themselves as quote an online guy. What does that mean? Like mean somebody you, who's you use on the interwebs. Social... You, you you like the interwebs? I guess I mean more like somebody who's on social You've never media sounded a older. ton. You've never sounded older, dude. I believe. Oh, me. Go, go post pictures on Facebook. I feel old. I feel older and older every day. We were talking about. I can't even. I'm so old. I can't remember what we were talking about in my house like yesterday about being old. We're talking about something that was posted online or uh, some sort of thing. I, I don't know. I can't keep up with anything, dude. I, I just here's what I do here. Most of my day is I wake up. Yeah. You know, kid stuff. Babysitter comes or they get dropped off uh, wherever they're going for the day. And then I'm just working. I watch either maybe new TV shows, old TV shows, maybe a movie, something like that. Oh. Um. And then I'm just working. And then kids come home, yeah, and, or, or or babysitter leaves, and I hang out with them for most most of the rest of the day. And then night comes, I play a couple legs of darts, 
and I go to sleep. That's about it. You're a wild man. Tell me the truth. You sent me a picture on Saturday. I'm not going to mention what it was for very obvious reasons uh, right now. Do you think they sell drugs out of that place? <laughs> oh, uh, probably. I, I, Good I, God. I... <laughs> that is a, it's sketchy if ever. If ever anything was sketchy. I mean, like, first of all, the fact that I didn't, I, you know, I know we talked about it years, like a year or two ago or whatever oh, about actually going that. there. Longer than that. See, I, and seeing the address, I never thought that I'd accidentally drive by it. <laughs> like, I literally, I, I happened to be making a right turn. I looked up and I was like, oh, my God. I get. I didn't get the picture on the way to where I was going, but knew I would be driving past it again. Uh-huh. And when I, when I drove past it, I was like, wow. And then I looked at like the other stores in the, the same like little strip of random, random strip mall. Yeah. Let's um, not mention, let's not mention any names. No, I won't, but it was, I, you were, you're, you're, you're spot on with your description. <laughs> spot good, on. A good grief. It's so unbelievably different than the version we're used to. Oh, on, I mean, night and day. Night and day, Chris. Well, good night, Greg. I'm right there with you, fella. <laughs> that uh, is going to be it for this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. For Greg Cronin, I'm Chris Horwardell. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next time.